You are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals and sitting right next to me staring at a FaceTime screen is... Wayne David Randolph. And Wayne David Randolph, we have a special guest on our podcast today. Um, we do. This special guest is Scott Schimmel. Is Schimmel, am I saying that correctly? That's right. All the right. The German way to do it. No yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Chris the, is mostly German, so that helps. The, you could tell by my skin. Uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so uh, Scott Schimmel is the, um, I guess, the leader, the, the main face, the person who runs things at the U School. Um, and actually, instead of me trying to butcher what the U School does, I've watched your video and looked over your website. Why don't you um, give us a little, um, the, the little elevator speech version of what, what's the U School all about? Yeah, we are primarily trying to help students process big things, identity, purpose, belonging. Hmm. And we believe you can actually get to clarity about those three things at a young age. And the work that we do with adults mm-hmm. in military transition and athletes, we actually help them recall and recover things mm. that they were questioning, wondering about in their teenage years. So mm. our favorite is to work with high schools and partner with high schools and bring curriculum that's social and emotional, facilitated conversations in nature. But really, the point of it is to get students clear about who they are and what matters to them. That's great. So, awesome. so you're not necessarily just confined to high school, but, but basically people who are figuring out and working through some of those yeah. big questions, right? Yeah, as, as one of my friends transitioned out of the Navy, who's 52, said, uh, dude, I'm still a kid. Yeah. If, if you mean by an adult, someone who has figured life out and has answered these big questions. So yeah, we, we prefer to work with anyone who's in transition. Hmm. But the strategy, the real long-term vision would be that students graduating high school have some clarity, a lot of clarity, actually, about those big things. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. And that's awesome. That actually is, is perfect because the, the context in which, I mean, I even got your name and saw your face in a room was yeah. um, at the Statio Retreat, which is yeah. uh, it's a retreat put on by, um, I guess this is a free plug for them, Idlewild Pines uh, Christian Camp, that they are solely focused and dedicated. Like, the purpose of this camp is to help high schoolers in transition, like, go from being... I guess, high school seniors to whatever comes after. And it's a whole retreat yeah. that, that is just focused on that. And, and Scott was one of the speakers. And um, even in, in debriefing with the students afterwards, um, they, they, over the last three years, they've consistently pointed to the things that you have said and said, yeah, mm-hmm. what he said really connected. And so I thought, wow, there's, um, there's, something, there's something there. Something, um, there's something <laughs> they're good. doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you so got good it. job. Good. You're good figuring to stuff out, I didn't out, get man. much feedback. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, so uh, I think that one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you is because we had a little leaders powwow um, at, mm-hmm. at this um, retreat for seniors. And you sort of meant you, one of the things you mentioned was some of your, the research that um, you have been involved with, um, particularly looking at college students. And I think that the hot button issue I feel like that that makes it into a lot of conversations is why do Christians leave the faith after high school Hmm. Um, but a new idea to me was um, how you had brought up why why do there's there's also a movement of people leaving the faith after college um, and sort Mm -hmm. of even looking at what's that all about Um, and so could you give us just like a I I guess one of the things we want to look at is what's your what's your take on the landscape what's Hmm. your take on like where is where is Christianity at with, with young people and where they're going as they transition mm-hmm. from young adults to adult or even like from kid to mm-hmm. young adults through mm-hmm. those transitions? Where, what would be your assessment of, of how we're doing as, I guess, the big C church? Yeah, wherever, and wherever that perspective is coming from, like we, yeah. 
yeah, we we know like you don't know all things, <laughs> right? Necessarily, but like, um, actually, I do. But yeah. you do. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's our next podcast. Thanks for good hands. Yeah, but, but but in terms like like you you have a, a vantage point that that we don't. Yeah. So that's what we want to hear from. Cool. The, so the origin of starting this thing called the U School six years ago was following up ten years of college ministry with this organization called InterVarsity, hmm. University Christian Fellowship. It's across the country. I worked on campuses in San Diego. And after I'd worked there for about nine years, and one day, literally one day, I had this moment where I thought, you know what I should do? I should track down the product of our ministry and dis- and see what happened because mm. I'm so focused. And I think this is actually speaks to some of the problems between high school ministry, college ministry, and the church at large. I was so focused on doing what I was responsible to do, which was run a campus ministry, mm. reach the campus. I actually wasn't thinking much about transitioning them post-college, mm-hmm. even though in the mission statement of the organization was we develop world changers. So nine years in, I'd known lots of students, let's say thousands by that point, but really had invested personally in a handful. And I knew the handful that I'd invested in weren't doing that well in mm. life <laughs> post-college from 25 years old, 28, 29, 30. So part of my, um, part of my, focus was, am I the only one screwing up or is it all of us? Hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't know if screwing up is the right thing, but are we really aware of what's happening? That Maybe missing so, the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Missing the mark, missing, yeah. is there something that we can learn? So yeah. I ended up sitting down with or calling, tracking down 400 alumni from different campuses. It, it was, it was a good research project, but I didn't, I didn't really apply any research methodology besides, Hey, how you doing? How's your... <laughs> How's your faith since college, and and what kind of spiritual impact are you making? And what I heard. Well, and by the way, that is uh, that yeah. is technically official research. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you're doing, yeah. doing qualitative <laughs> research. Yeah. True, yeah. true. That's what I thought. didn't track things down, or right? there was no survey. Right. But the yeah. out of that out of those conversations, what I heard was really, I mean, it's it's pretty dismal, and bleak. What I heard was almost all of them say, you know, my faith hasn't been the same since college. Hmm. And stop right there. I would have. If, if we had talked before that, I would have banked money that those students, or used to be students, those alumni, were no longer involved in a church ministry. Okay. Because a part of my arrogance was we gave them such a unique and powerful experience in our environment. Where else could they find that? So they mm. probably had a hard time finding a local church. Mm. But actually, almost all of them said, no, I'm in church. I go to church. Many of them said, well, actually, I'm in a small group. I'm in a Bible study. I'm in a men, whatever. Um, but they all, almost all, except for three, said, I'm not really that close to God anymore, hmm. at least the way I used to be. And then the more I, so I'd started to pry a little bit, and many of them saw me as a, like a former mentor, so they're opening up. We already had trust built. And I would ask them other questions like, so, okay, what does that mean? And I heard them say things, not just about faith, but also about, um, you know, I actually also hate my job. <laughs> I really can't stand what I do for a living, and I, and I don't really have much of a clue for what to do next. And uh, since you're asking, I- I'm also pretty lonely. I don't have a lot of friends. And so what, what I think I realized, and we realized in that season, was that we could do a lot more on the college standpoint, college ministry, to transition them. Because it's like, duh, they are going to leave this place. Right. And so what are we doing, especially the last year or two, to truly help them prepare that? So I don't think, the fact that I keep saying that research project, like seven or eight years later, to colleagues of mine in, in college ministry, and they're shocked. Mm. It mm. doesn't leave me with a lot of encouragement that we're <laughs> figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. And now having, I have three kids, and my oldest is going to be in middle school next year. So he's entering into student ministry 
in the next few months. I, I, you're, maybe you're catching me in a, a kind of a cynical season in my life too, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not like totally stoked or hopeful about us as leaders really figuring out all these transitions for students and young people. I yeah. think something else has to emerge. Yeah, I, and I would totally, I would totally agree because I, I would affirm some of the cynicism as well, or, or at least maybe um, the realism, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not all as hunky dory as we thought, huh? Right, and if we wanted to, <laughs> yeah. like. I mean, maybe dress up the cynicism. It, it, maybe it's prophetic, right? The the voice yeah. of the prophets was to say, "Hey, something's right. wrong here, guys." Um, yeah. And so, I hope so. so maybe yeah. maybe it's yeah, not cynical. Agreed. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's prophetic. That's the redeemed part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And so, and I even think at the high school level, um, we we do curricular planning meetings and we do all mm-hmm. of these sorts of things. Even in the Bible department, we have to have uh, curriculum maps and maps yes. of instruction. Maps of instruction. We're currently in an wow. accreditation year, and so we have to okay. like have proof that we're assessing them on X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think that on our radar um, is the idea that we, w- we would like these students to still love Jesus after they leave from this mm. place. And so yep. um, even in, in the talk that at, at Idlewild Pines, you mentioned the research of uh, Kara Powell and Chap Clark. And so sticky I, faith. Yeah, sticky yeah. faith stuff. We, we try yep. really to, to keep that stuff in mind. But, um, but there still is a, a here and now focus to mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff like okay what are what are they yeah. going to learn how do we assess their learning um not yeah and sure i just had my students memorize a chunk of the athanasian creed so that they know what the trinity <laughs> is but like wow. high school right isn't that right. cool but like that's awesome but four years <laughs> in from greek, now right yeah uh, <laughs> no not in greek um but before years from now i mean are they are they going to have a relationship with the trinity right are they going to yeah. care about the triune god right. or are they just going to be able to say um, Trinity and unity, neither dividing their essence or blending right. their person, right? Like, wit, yeah. How, yeah. how does this stick in actually, um, I guess, in have the rubber meet the road? So in, in this, yeah. in like your research and your qualitative mm-hmm. research, what is, mm-hmm. um, what are some of those themes that have emerged as far as like things that were effective? Um, or is there anything that we're doing effective? Do we need to like scrap the whole <laughs> thing and, st- and start something new or what, what? You know, I think I, I, there are a ton of bright spots from my perspective. I get to work with a ton of different ministries, parachurch ministries. And, I, you know, I think a lot of the very basics of youth ministry are just beautiful. It's being with students, building trust, opening up as adults. Open, most of us are young adults, 20s and early 30s. Opening up our lives, sharing our lives with students, um, asking them questions, creating space for them to process their lives and their relationships, their hopes, their dreams. All that stuff, I think, is is beautiful. And uh, especially the ministries where I get to see, uh, in, in my university world, we call it inductive scripture study, hmm. where scripture is being used in a way that's... Um, that's not, it's not, it's not monologue. It's not lecture. Right. It's not, um, how many people were in the boat with Jesus? Oh, four. Okay. But it's, <laughs> a it's plus. a, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an approach where students are invited to participate in the story of scriptures and truly wrestle with them, practice them in their lives, um, learning to listen to the Holy Spirit, learning to recognize the, the Trinity of God's for me. The sun is with me, the spirit's in me, and start to practice those things. And, mm. and so I, I think there's, there's a lot of those very basic building blocks that are beautiful. And I see those more in the older folks. Mm. I've gotten to know a few campus ministry guys that have been on campuses for years, some of them decades. And that just seems to be the way they roll, mm. is yeah. those kinds of things. And I, yeah, I like to sit at their feet and just watch them for do sure. ministry. Yeah. It's really That's beautiful. interesting, Scott. One of, my, one of my mentors, when I first got into... 
Um, I'd kind of been in youth ministry and, and for a while, but when I got into the classroom, one of my mentors used to always remind me um, that this thing is, is more often caught, not taught. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and yeah, it's something we've heard, right? And we, we've mentioned right. on some podcasts right. before. And, you know, as, as classroom Bible teachers, we've, we find ourselves in a really funky um, mm-hmm. kind of area there. Um, and there are different kind of lines that uh, are in the sand, whether that's um, kind of, uh, you know, policy lines and and stuff with the school and and just trying to, the idea of even doing life with students from a, from a, from an educational standpoint is tricky. Yeah. It's kind of funky, but, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it it combats all that rote learning. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, you would, you would kind of affirm that as, as being something pretty big that, that needs to happen on that we're, yeah, um, for, for our listeners, that just yeah. just just encouraging them that you know, especially mm-hmm. you know those of you listening, maybe you are quote unquote doing life with students and whatnot, and um, you know it, it might seem like you're in a dry season, but um, mm-hmm. you're definitely seeing that as one of the the major kind of sticky points. <laughs> if I'm yeah, if I'm I know you. that's the stuff that I remember. Yeah, isn't mm, that yeah. for you guys too? I remember absolutely. That's why I'm in the game. I remember right? catching the guy that mentored me in college. I just walk into a Starbucks near a college campus. I'd see him. And he would have his Bible open, mm. and it would be Ephesians. And I would sit down and after St. Hines, and, and, and I remember multiple times saying, so what are you working on? Do you have a message that you're working on? Do you have a, a Bible study that you're preparing? And he would just say, no, you know, I'm just, I'm just in the book of Ephesians right now, the letter of Ephesians. I'm just trying to work through it myself. Mm. And I, I remember the times wow. he brought me to, like, Home Depot because he needed to go grab something, but he wanted to spend time with me. And I remember seeing him argue with his wife a couple times. Mm. And just watching, like, oh my god! What, oh, I mean, we didn't—I <laughs> didn't see that growing up. Yeah. yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. I can't believe other, this is happening in front of me. That's the stuff that shaped me mm. really more than I can't remember one talk he gave. I can't remember one point he had. I, I mean, that's great. but I remember who he was and who he saw me to become, hmm. and that's the stuff that shaped my life more than anything. So I think I know that, and then it's just—I don't know why it's so tricky or tempting to not translate that mm. to other student ministry people. I think some of the most memorable and spiritually impactful moments from some of my best memories from Christian school. school um, uh, some of the most memorable moments from high school. Going for me. to a Christian high school has impacted me in a more positive way going, than guys? I thought it would. Uh, my name is Kyle, and if I had to look back the days of high school and think what was it specifically that encouraged me and influenced me to have a walk with Christ Um, I think like the first thing that immediately shot up to my head without a doubt was one-on-one discipleship with my fellow teachers Um, specifically Christopher Salazar was the biggest impact to me in high school as far as my relationship with God. I feel like coming into UCA, I was not even a Christian. Like I, I knew who God was and I went to Christian school before high school, but I kind of lost track um, due to going to a public school my freshman year. But anyway, coming to uh, my sophomore year of high school when I actually met Salazar, this guy just kind of approached me and he had discipled my brother um, but he still approached me and was like, hey, like, like, how would you be interested in doing like a discipleship with me? And this was something that like, I don't even know what discipleship was, you know? So I was like, all right, well, this guy just wants to talk to me. Like, all right, cool. And like, that was 
definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made because I was able to create a relationship with him that I still have to this day and it was absolutely great. The teachers invested in me in more ways than I can count. For example, I had the opportunity to go to Mexicali on a short-term mission trip with Katie and Chris Seals and a couple other students. Being there was a new spiritual experience in itself, but what impacted me most was the relationship I formed with Katie afterward. For me, uh, was how close of a friend group I had. Uh, coming to college in this transition, you see that you see how other people interact with their friends from back home, and uh, most of them even have like maybe one friend or something. But for me, it was at least a group of seven or eight guys that like I'm really close to and I could talk to about these things. Having to do with vulnerability, yeah, I think that's where it started. Like, okay, teachers, um, not just playing the role of, you know, teaching me, but being vulnerable about their life and talking about not just the good, but maybe the bad that's going on. And um, it was cool going to school and seeing how it was okay and it was good to talk about how the things that happen in our lives affect how affect us and affect you know the ways that we think and it affects even what we believe or what we choose to believe and I think the vulnerability aspect really helped me um, to realize that Christianity was something that I wanted because I was able to see my teachers not only talk about their faith, but really live it out. Another thing that will stick with me as I get older will be how the teachers at UCA were so open and like willing to help people. And like specifically you and Katie, like you guys just welcomed us into your home and like Anytime we need help, you guys were there. And like we did fun things like the Ride Bull Cycle Club or whatever, where we rode bikes and stuff. So like that was fun, but like in seriousness, like we could go with you with anything. So that will stick with me, like because I want to be that when I'm old. I want to be there for kids who need someone, like need someone older and wiser for them to talk to. So that was really impactful. Yeah, Scott. Thank you. That was actually, actually I, I feel like you just uh, you just spoke to my heart. So thanks, man. <laughs> cool. It's a good reminder. Yeah. 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 So so doing life with students um, and, and in an authentic way, right? So that, that yeah. they act because we I feel like doing life is one of those catchphrases <laughs> that like is starting right. to rise up in Christianity. But really, it just uh-huh. means sign up for a small group. Um, like I feel like I can yeah. see that with yeah. like a cross <laughs> on on a bumper. Sticker, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> but like a- actually doing life together, yeah. like yes. the yeah. the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, my my yeah. affinity for Del Scorch sauce from del taco like you're right like right. that that comes from time with my youth pastor um <laughs> yeah. and even yeah. if like i don't remember the content of his messages um like mm-hmm. i do remember like mm. prayer and del taco with him right because we had to <laughs> eat like crappy breakfast burritos before yeah. school um totally and so yeah i i think that this this doing life point is 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 important as far as um what are, i think that when you gave us the talk, there were some other themes that kind of emerged in mm-hmm. addition to doing life with it. So what are, what are some of those other things that you've discovered have been, I guess, yeah. helpful or good? Well, I, what, what I mean by doing life, I, I don't mean as much letting them come to Home Depot with me, mm-hmm. <laughs> although I think that's important. I think what I've found to be really helpful is to open up and share stories. Mm. And the more, really, the more vulnerable and real and transparent, the better. 
Yeah. And I, that does, you know, there always is a line. We don't talk about my intimate life with my wife in front of students. That, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> for example. <laughs> Boundaries are good. Exactly. Yeah. But um, to really share openly, probably more than I'm comfortable with, uh, for the, again, for the sake and the posture of I'm here to serve these students. I want them to learn. If they're not learning from life, uh, about life from me, then um, they're going to have to wonder and wander like I did, and I don't want that. So oh, I think it's agreed, a, a critical thing. And yeah. you guys have probably heard that that guy, Bob Goff, uh, oh, writer. He's wrote this book called Love Does. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, student gave me Love Does. Yeah. These days. Yeah. It's blue. So <laughs> on the outside. I got to know him years ago. <laughs> but one of the, one of the he's, a, he's a bizarre, amazing guy. But awesome. One of the weird things he did or does uh, that I now do is uh, crap sh- capture, write down every story I ever remember, every memory I ever have. So wow. I got this thing called Evernote, and I encourage the people that work with us uh, that that use our programs on campuses, um, and and think about. So I'll, I'll be driving in the car and I'll see this store and I'll remember that moment when I went to that store because something broke in my house, hmm. and I'll just write it down. I don't know if that's going to be useful for anybody, <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll drive by someone's house like this girl that i liked back in junior high hmm. and i'm all of a sudden there's a story there yeah. about the time i bought her a flower and it just crashed and burned so i write right. that down and it's it's surprising i've been doing this for months and there's still every day there's another memory and it just like comes to mind hmm. and all of those things become useful especially for us who are teaching bible hmm. or doing student ministry yeah. so for, for me literally i'm walking in the classroom sometimes and I'm thinking, okay, today I'm supposed to talk about failure, failure. Which I, I want to bring something personal. And I'll look at my little Evernote, look Boom. at the tag failure. failure. I've got 14 <laughs> failure stories. And I'm like, oh, that wouldn't be fun to share. And I walk <laughs> in, and, and it's because it's my story, yeah. I'm able to, sh- to share it in a two, three-minute thing. And it's not just sharing life for the sake of sharing life or sharing stories for the sake of looking like that. But then to be thoughtful and, um, be the, and, and make the bridge, the interpretive bridge to students. Mm. Have you ever had a time? Or what is the time hmm. where you've had, where you were embarrassed, like I was just embarrassed? And, and what feeling? So I'm just going to give you some time and space. And so I think that's the second thing that's, that's really cool. important to me is, is really guiding students to have the space to think and reflect on their own, with peers, and I think almost most importantly with adults, like their parents and other people in their lives. And so creating, I can, I can we can create that space for them if we're yeah. more thoughtful. That's really cool. Yeah, the... Um one of my uh, one of my strategies starting the year off, especially with a new class, is mm-hmm. is far more about getting them to trust me. And uh, yeah. I, I actually think it was the same mentor. I have all these little these little one liners. That's that's about as uh-huh. much as my brain can handle. Um, but is uh, <laughs> transparency equals trust? And so I, mm-hmm. I just know like sharing that with the kids and like you know I'm not going to sell you something that I haven't tried myself mm-hmm. kind right. of thing, right? Or I, I've yep. I've been yep. there as well. I've looked before mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, that's good. Thank you for that. And just reminding yeah. us that, that that's important. Yeah. And I think even yeah. the idea of providing that space when I first started as a teacher, um, I feel like the, the word academic rigor was thrown around a lot. And, <laughs> and even mm-hmm. in the Bible department, like that gets tricky, right? What does it mean to be academically yeah. rigorous, but not make people hate Jesus afterwards? Right. Um, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's... so 
but like in the beginning, I was like, okay, academic rigor means like um, breadth, like get as much um, as much content as I can into the students' minds so that they can know all of these things and how to interpret parables and know 16 arguments for God's existence and yeah. do all of He's this stuff. He's not joking. You should right. see his lesson plans. Yeah. They, they, gave, they gave me like palpitations when I first started. <laughs> but but there's, I guess over the past few years, realizing like that them having the space to chew on these concepts yeah. and not mm. just like chew on the concepts so they can understand them, I guess, ideologically or cognitively, but for yeah. them to take the time to actually consider, okay, what does this mean for me? Mm. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and I think it, before, I think I was naive enough to, to think that all students are going to be self-motivated to create that kind of space. Um, yeah. And then yeah. I've, I've gotten to know more young people. <laughs> and and realized, the kids longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, no, they, yeah. they need to be taught how to create yeah. space. And yeah. If I don't You're create right. space in my lesson plans, if I don't create space right. in my classroom or even um, with my church kids, if I don't create space yeah. um, on a Sunday morning or whatever, then yeah. then they're not going to know how to exercise the muscle of creating space yeah. and yeah, reflecting that's good. and thinking about that's that That's great. Stuff. Yeah. I, think, I think it's also a measure of your own comfort with that space because mm-hmm. I, I, grew, I came to faith later, like in college, and so being a doubter and atheist was like a, a thing for me. Mm, I awesome. have no problem with that. And then... At least the 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 um, the environment of university that I was in, in a college on college campuses that was just the norm to to study scripture with students that were far from God or didn't know God. Hmm. And what I'm surprised by now that I'm way more involved in high school ministries and in Christian uh, schools is I see a lot of times like these short little triggers where a student expresses something that's vulnerable or is about doubt or not really packaged up neat and tidy. And I see this like trigger response by the adults. Mm. So we, you know, you know, with it, you know, and then just to come back and give the lecture or we, you know, we know as Christians and it's just like, mm. you might as well just say, Hey, shut up. Please yeah. stop saying that stuff. <laughs> Quit being real. Right. That's not what we're doing here. Right. And so creating the space is one thing, but then able to being able to hold it and contain it mm. because like, like we we're talking about earlier, you're, you're modeling it first. You're going first. And vulnerability begets vulnerability. And then if you have the urge to like shut this down, wrap it up. I mean, for me, it's like pay attention to my own heart because that's my own anxiety to give to to the Lord and then let God just really speak into that environment. Hmm. That's good. That's good. on. And so, uh, so we've got creating the space for them and, and being vulnerable being with them and being transparent. Um, yeah. That's all good stuff. Um, what, what are some things that you see like proactively working against? Um, <laughs> like, because there are things uh-huh. that we do in the church that yeah. like we really just need to knock off, like quit. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I think that, um, that even the studies that go into different generations and how they respond differently mm-hmm. to different yeah. things, I think that mm-hmm. sometimes we can have our blind spots. And not even just generationally. I think that there's even like personality things. Like I, my whole life I've been like pushed as a, like as a, driven like make sure you achieve 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 and so like for me it's hard to not assume that everyone else should be wired this way and if they're not wired this way then they're a failure right um and so or that god's god's wired that way yeah and and so (laughs) yeah i think that all of us probably have blind spots when it comes to what it looks like to minister and teach meaningfully Mm -hmm. um to Mm -hmm. to young people so what are some of the the things that that we um, are doing that like that, church church blind spots yeah church blind spots that we're yeah. doing that, that's sabotaging spots. our young people yeah Ooh, I, like I that. think that's great i i thought about this earlier today because i i had uh, my mentor in college this guy that was my university staff worker i had a unique experience he was i think mid 40s mm. when i when i was in college 
and most most of the experience of being on a college campus with a college campus minister, the person's going to be three to four years older than you, hmm. like 25 maybe, Yeah, which is cool. Um, in some ways, this guy was not relevant. He wasn't cool. <laughs> I mean, um, so. but he was there. And the benefit in hindsight was I got to be shaped and formed and taught by someone that had already been shaped and formed himself. Mm. And what I see a lot and what I think troubles me, even as a, especially as a dad, actually, is there's such lack of spiritual formation and leadership development amongst student ministry people and, che- and teachers mm, in Christian yeah. schools. And, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like math. Like, you, you are going to replicate yourself. And if you're trying to produce, let's say, a next generation of healthy, vibrant, following Jesus people, but uh, the people doing that aren't necessarily healthy or vibrant, wow. or they're still working out a lot of junk, or they don't know that they have junk yet. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of like this loop of doom a little bit. Yeah. That yeah. Let's, so I think what we do then is, well, let's get rid of that guy and bring in a new person. Yeah. Oh uh, maybe it'll be the next person. But that person, you know, maybe their personality is less grating to you, but they still got junk yeah. that they need to work on. Yeah. So if I were to invest... Just a different list. <laughs> yeah. I would invest anything. It would be, let's pour into our leaders. Yeah. And let's um, guide them into an inner journey where they're truly meeting, I mean, mixture of therapy, spiritual practices, like a community, honesty, 12-step, whatever they need to become truly healthy because I think that's going to be the most bang for the buck. Yeah, that's good, Scott, yeah. In the midst of that, and and this is what I I know, I was a a huge, um, uh, big part of the problem was being so isolated. So there's not one time as a college campus ministry guy for 10 years that I ever went to any high school ministry pastor or youth leader or, or Christian school teacher and said, hey, I'm going to inherit about 100 of your folks in a few months. What do I need to know? Hmm. What is the trend? What is, what, is, what is God saying? What is God doing? There's not one time. Why? Because I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was up to. Wow. And so those, those transitions from high school to college, college to young adult, if there is a young adult ministry <laughs> in the church, yeah. and then the church at large, there's, there's zero conversation happening as far as I can tell except for maybe you might hear a talk at a conference once a year. Yeah. So to just to, I mean, that's like, I think the opposite of common sense is nonsense. So <laughs> it just seems like a lot of nonsense. Yeah. So there's just, we're just missing all this learning. And then finally, for me, it was my incredible focus on uh, replicating my own ministry. Mm. Like the point of why I'm here, the point of why I'm fundraising is to have a big sizable ministry. Mm. And then I need to then find the leaders, make the plans, and I spent a lot of time building my own plans and refining my own plans and then adding prayer on top of that and scripture study and formation on, on yeah. top of that. So I think there's, those are all really kind of basic things, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. so isn't but like they're huge. Go to MIT, yeah, they're massive. They're yeah, that's massive. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I had, just out of curiosity, because you, you kind of spoke in the, in the past tense there that, that yeah. this was your focus. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to play therapist with you, but is there, yeah. is there something that you can pinpoint uh, is there a time in your ministry that you can pinpoint where you're like, okay, yeah, I've been working on kind of Scott's ministry, all right? Yeah. I've been doing Scott's thing, and, and whoa, I'm missing the point. Is there, how, you, how did you come to those, that, that awareness? I think it was for me, I think it was listening to those 400 people. Mm. And part of that story, listening to those 400 people, I actually went, I felt such a burden for that mm. because those were our people. Those are the people we yeah. raise money for, spend time on, invested in, and they were telling me, I'm not doing well. And I, and they were so old, the ones, I mean, they went up to 28, 29, 30, 32. Mm. The more, the older they got, the more I heard them say, I guess this is just the way it is. Oh. And 
Uh, and it was so far beyond, well, you know, college transition's kind of hard. I'm sure they'll just, you know, it'll take them a couple moves or a couple, they'll find their way. They weren't finding their way. Hmm. And so mm-hmm. I wish I went to my boss and said, hey, I, I'm, and I have my resignation letter. I wow. need to go help those people. Hmm. And then he said, dude, go do that. That sounds, that's beautiful. That's awesome. great. You should go do that. And then on literally on the way out to the car, after like shaking hands, blessing me in prayer, he goes, but okay, what would you do if you stayed? <laughs> what would you do if you could stay? Yeah. And I said, I, I don't know. Cause I'm, th- but then he said, no, but really, I said, well, I guess I would just help seniors graduate better. Hmm. And then he goes, cool. What would you need to change about your job? And I'd say, well, I'd quit my job and I wouldn't have any budget meetings or planning meetings. Mm. Wouldn't be responsible for anything. Just let me go and figure that out. And yeah. he said, okay, I'll give you a year to do that. Wow. And in that year, the more and more I listened. So I went and found all these former student ministry leaders who didn't have the time and space in their schedule to reach freshmen anymore, but they were still, you know, followers of God, (laughs) still had friendships with them and just listen to them over and over again. And they said, yeah, you guys, you guys, you ministry people, you only want us to serve your thing, but I am. And they would tell me like, I am leaving college. I have to find a new church. I have to find out where I'm going to live. I have to find out who I'm going to be. You're not having those conversations with me. So you're no longer help. You're no longer. I love you guys. You're no longer I love relevant. You're part of what you're doing. You're no longer <laughs> relevant to me. Yeah. And so I became this, I don't know, just me personally within the, the college ministry circle. I feel like I became relevant to those folks, the disenfranchised, the, hmm. yeah, I guess I'm not important anymore. And I said, no, 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 you are important. You're the whole point. Yeah. Like really yeah. college ministry and high school. Ministry, you're, the point is to pour into you so that you are ready for the next transition, the next season. And so I think for me, it's just been a lot of, I think I just started listening in a different way. Listen less about my own ego and my ambitions and more to, wait, I think that's actually the point of why we're doing this. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. That's really cool. One of the barriers with high school is that we're constantly worrying about like what someone else is thinking about you, whether it's what you're wearing or what you're saying or what you're doing, who you hang out with, like just constant pressure. And like now I realize like what the heck, like for what? But uh, when I was able to enter that discipleship room or just like go to his classroom and just talk to him, like there were no barriers. It was just like, yo, like this is what I'm struggling with like this is what happened this is what's going on in my life and he just was comforting and understanding and open-hearted and um, he approached me in like a a gentle but stern way that like definitely shaped me up and Christopher Salazar wasn't the only one at UCA that did that and I, I felt that I was loved by all my teachers but like katie seals you know mark williams um these are all like these titans who kind of i don't know put their arms around me in a sense who like i always felt loved by them and because i felt so secure with how they felt about me i was able to kind of take what they said more seriously and i think that when they did explain you know who god was and who his love was or is and um, it was a lot easier for me to follow and stay on track. Um, so definitely discipleship was the biggest impact for me. Katie mentored and discipled me for three years in high school and still continues to do life with me today. She showed me that a true Christian is real with one another. In the most real and loving way, she called me out on what I was doing wrong spiritually, but then offered to help me grow. 
She still does this to this day and that is something I will always take with me and be the most thankful for. Some of my best memories from Christian school um, were the different service learning trips that I went on um, to places like Guatemala and the Dominican Republic. But I'd have to say that the most spiritually impactful um, experiences from my um, Christian uh, high school experience was the people that poured into me throughout my time there, um, my coaches and my teachers. They um, tried to develop me, tried to develop my character, um, and build me to be a better man. Um, and uh, what has continued into my college experience has been those relationships that I still am in contact with, even though my educational relationship with them has ended. Um, so just the intentional development of character through high school, I'd say, is the most spiritually impactful thing that I gained from And another high thing school. that really impacted me spiritually was um, the time that they would invest in me, whether it was in my high school or even in my club, um, in college. Um, the people, there were people who were, were intentional and really invested time in asking me the challenging questions and questions that would they knew would take me long to answer and they knew would make me reflect and they were there to listen um, because they wanted me to figure out uh, for myself um, you know the things that were affecting me or um, even asking me to reflect on um, where God was in the circumstances of my life whether they were good or bad um, so yeah, I would say um, the moments that were most spiritually impactful for me uh, were when the people um, around me were vulnerable and intentional and truly cared about investing time in me and my faith and my life. Like my coach, like Mark Williams was definitely somebody who was a great football coach as far as the sport, but... Um, it went a lot deeper than just running routes and working out. Like it was just, you know, if I had an issue, if I wasn't clicking right in practice or if like something was wrong, like he knew it right away and he would pull me aside and just kind of try and dig and he would pray for me. Like I remember there was one game where I was just like, uh, things might've been going on at home and I just wasn't there at the game and he knew that and he pulled me aside and prayed for me. And you know, it happened in like less than, three minutes but like those three minutes were so impactful to me it's difficult to try to hear what God is trying to tell you when you're like 17 18 years old like I feel like I didn't really give him the time that was necessary all the time but those crucial leaders that I was surrounded by um, helped me identify his love and helped me just kind of have a relationship with him. When you were talking about the necessity of spiritual formation on the behalf of leaders, um, I yeah. was thinking about during when I interviewed for this job at this Christian school, um, one of the tips my wife gave me, um, she was like, all right, here are all the weird teachery vocab words you need to say to sound like a legit teacher. Um, and one of the teacher vocab words was um, make sure that 
when they ask about curriculum, you talk about the fact that the teacher is the living curriculum and that you can have Ooh, books and stuff, but the good. teacher is the living curriculum. And I guess that like gets you points in the, in the teacher world, but <laughs> no, like after what you said, I feel like I can see that yeah. differently because it's not just like, mm-hmm. oh, so therefore I can edit books and like take pieces yeah. of things right. from different materials. But, but literally we are the curriculum, right? If we, mm, if it's, yeah. if it's a yeah. math game and we're replicating right. ourselves, if yeah. we're crappy human beings that yes. don't love Jesus, then do we really want to replicate that? Right. I, and I think that right. sometimes our, such a good our selection process for finding people in ministry or even in the Christian yeah. school world, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of times it was the, the football coach who needed one more prep. Um, or that that got the job as the Bible teacher. Uh Um, And I'm thinking, well, do, do we want to replicate that guy? Um, or that girl, don't get me wrong. He was cool. I, I liked him, but but shout out to cool football coach. (laughs) But like uh, our criteria should be something different than, well, they're younger and can connect with kids, but the criteria should probably be like, they actually have a profound connection with God. They have Jesus in them. Yeah. Wow. Can we just pause then? Okay, here we go. So for people listening, Yeah. I mean, this, this is a big one, but um, look in the mirror, uh, mm-hmm. do, do a serious uh, assessment, um, do whatever you like, get quiet to listen to your heart and, and, mm-hmm. and get, get right before the creator of the universe and um, ask yourself if you should be replicated. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Do so in humility yeah. and, you know, and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Right. But um, man, that's, yeah, that's a retweet right there. Right. <laughs> well, what that leads to also is parents. And, and back to what you mentioned, the Chap Clark, the Fuller Youth Institute folks mm. there, at least the, the stats I've heard them talk about is if, if we actually want to help students grow into mature adults, number one, but also mature adult disciples, number two, then they, the ratio that they've come up with, I don't know how, but it's five to one. Five to one, they yeah. They need five adults. So, and it's not just five, it's five healthy adults. And then they have to like actually interact it's not just a kid who knows five adults. It's it's like a mutual conversation. It's a relationship. Right. It's not just the so adult it, driving them to the mall. Yes, yeah, okay. exactly. All right. So then it becomes a bigger problem to solve, mm. a different problem to solve. How do you, how do we, whether we're school leaders or uh, ministry guys, how do we actually have relationships with those parents? And back again to being a 24, 25-year-old who's now responding. I mean, if I, don't, I don't know. I've never had, that person likely themselves has never had a relationship with an adult, mm-hmm. if we're honest, the way it's been so far. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's, a, there's other things to do in terms of scaffolding your own ministry and your own impact, which I like what things like Orange Curriculum does, sending things home to parents. Yeah. Hey, talk about this. Mm. Those simple things I think could make a big difference. Awesome, awesome. Okay, I'm um, kind of in, in the same in the same vein, but um, yeah. one of the things that uh, I, I've been teaching, I think I'm going on year ten now in um, okay. high school Bible. Um, this is my second um, school that I've taught it at. But something that I've noticed, uh, especially when we're not affiliated with the church, um, something I've noticed is that students will come into my classroom, and um, all the um, with, without trying to sound too arrogant, but all the the bad theology. Or the, just the bad yeah. things of our yeah. Christian culture, maybe that they've collected, or a bad interpretation mm-hmm. of a story, or um, mm-hmm. there there are just things that 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 they bring with them. Like we mentioned, baggage with leaders. Um, yeah. Our students come into the classrooms uh, with baggage, and mm-hmm. we often find ourselves having to clean out some stuff mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. we can rebuild, uh, so yeah. to speak, or, or or get down to a, a foundation. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because you've brought it up a couple times, like. 
I mean, you know, I, I haven't gone and talked to these other teachers or I haven't gone and, and talked to these other, these other ministry groups. Mm-hmm. Um, something I haven't done, Scott, is I haven't gone to the junior high Bible teachers a whole lot mm. and asked, or the, even at the elementary <laughs> level, which, yeah. by the way, my yeah. wife is an is a elementary school teacher at another school, <laughs> and she'll ask me about, like, certain things in their Bible curriculum, and I'm asking her, like, please don't teach this or please <laughs> yeah. gloss over this because yeah. when they get to my yeah. class, they have some weird thoughts. Okay, that's a right. huge, it's long intro to that. Yeah, right. so there's a huge, long intro there. But I, I want to I flip it on us and, and give you yeah. the opportunity um, to talk to, to not just Chris and I, but to our listeners as well, who are mostly working with high school students, we think. Um, mm-hmm. Are there things that you would really, really like students to know? And, and specifically, mm-hmm. we're kind of looking at the, um, the, the private school or the, the youth ministry yeah. kid, you know. Are there yeah. things you really want them to know when, when they're coming into college? And conversely, are there things you're like, you know what? Let's just not drop that theological, you know, atom yeah. bomb yet. Let's wait till they uh-huh. are 25 and their frontal lobes are developed. Or, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, right. can you speak a little bit yeah. to some of that? Yeah, there's there's five big questions, five big questions that, from the U-School standpoint, and U-School, we didn't talk about the beginning, but is an entirely a, a non-faith-based, secular hmm. uh uh, program the company, word. Yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> and we have no. I would say there's no um, overt agenda from a from a religious standpoint. Okay. And um, however, the five questions that we think are important, to, especially to a high school student, are all spiritual questions. So the, the questions are: number one, what do you believe in? Hmm. Number two, what kind of person are you turning into? Yeah. Number three, what is your mission? And, and the problem that really irritates you, the problem you want to solve. Mm. The fourth one is how are you going to contribute and serve and solve that problem? It's your talents and strengths. And the fifth one is who do you belong to? And so those are identity, purpose, belonging questions mm-hmm. that if I were, I don't know, I think my, my opinion is I, I want high school students to have their own answers to those questions. And I am less concerned about the content from Genesis to Revelation, but more uh, things like, uh, I have learned to listen to God's voice yeah. through prayer. I have learned to read the scriptures in an exegetical, authentic way that helps me get to ac- like accurate application. Right. That those are outcomes that we can design and then reverse engineer from right. probably kindergarten through 12th grade. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing so, more equipping and, and giving them yeah. tools as opposed to the yeah. rote learning. Right. And if <laughs> yeah, we're, sure. we're going to use teacher speak, then like the things that are higher on Bloom's taxonomy, we want to be totally. getting yep. them to those, those higher level, high level skills, right? Not just yep. so that they can regurgitate. And like, I, I'm even yep. thinking about my lesson plans and so many of them, like a guilty as charged, like say, mm-hmm. like start with the word identify or recognize, <laughs> or, yeah, instead which, of, like, which, which we have to do as well, though, because right. we, we are in a school, yeah. right? We, yeah. we give grades for this. Right. Isn't that weird? That's what you're paid for. Yeah. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward. Yeah. But even as you design, even as you design the curriculum and the syllabus and what we're, what the end result of this is, that there would be actually clear common sense outcomes mm. to identify. Have, has what we've done over the past three months has that helped you do these kinds of things, which is understand more of my talents and strengths, yeah. understand a clear sense of what I believe in mm. about God, about myself, about the world, about my place in it? Have, have we gotten there? And if not, then it probably, I don't know, it's just going to be harder to say this is why that fits. It's just right. it might not belong. 
Yeah. yeah Are, what, what about the, the other half of this? Like, what are the things that they need to unlearn? Yeah. Or the things that you're like, yeah. wow, I wish no one ever talked to you well, about who, that. Yeah, who in their right mind yeah. dropped that one on them, Or said right? that that was an essential yeah. that you needed to know about, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that's more like uh, makes me cringe is anytime I hear a high school um, uh, leader, Christian leader, or teacher talk about apologetics as the end-all, be-all, mm to really help students in their transition into college. And it's this, it's this story that's been replicated for a long time. And I th there's obviously truth to it. There are professors, I've been in those classes, where they're attacking your faith. But if your fear is that these students will not be able to defend the theological points and their whole entire lives will dismantle because mm. of that, I just feel like you got, you're loco, it's crazy. Mm. That is, I mean, if you're gonna spend hours and hours, maybe dozens of days with students, May that not be your focus. Teach mm. them how to learn to the voice of the Holy Spirit yeah. through prayer. Teach them how to have real friendships with other Christians. Teach them, um, help them clarify their own values and why being a part of a Christian community is helpful. Teach them those things. Mm. That's the part that makes me cringe. So it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know, then it sounds so dangerous. Unlearn theology? No. <laughs> but, but just don't, I don't know. That's not the point. Mm. And that's, that's setting you up to be a very head person and your experiences are going to be disconnected from your head. It's just not going to go well for a long time. No, and I think that's a, I think that's a really great point, um, especially because what will happen too, what I've seen with some kids just anecdotally is, is they will have, they will have those good chess moves, verbal chess moves in their mind. Yeah. And when they get, um, when they get in a position where they maybe can't have the answer, um, yeah. if that's, if that's kind of the, the, the foundation for their theology, then if they get owned, so to speak, or, or get a, a, right. an unanswerable question, right. then um, you know their whole scaffolding of who God is kind of yep. comes crashing yeah, down yeah. around them, and then and then they're Which questioning isn't things. Which isn't that what God's going to do in your life? Isn't that what He does with people? He's never done that to me fifteen <laughs> times so far in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. you, you need to know that your theology is going to be dismantled, mm. not by your professor, but by God Himself. Mm. He's going to dismantle your theology so that He can build a bigger and deeper sense of who He is. It's just yeah. and he, he did that with Peter. He did that with Moses. Like He did it. He, that's what He does. He's doing it right so now. So don't be me. surprised. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Great, and, and I think that um, I mean, full disclosure, we just came back from an apologetics missions trip. Like we, we literally, um, we just got it's back. It's you guys. It's us. It's our fault. Um, okay, maybe more me than him. But um, we, we just got back from Berkeley where like the students were interacting with people in the Atheist Society and talking to people at UC wow. Berkeley. Um, but but I do, like, I, I do, there's something about that that definitely resonates that I do, I mean, I do think it's important to have um, like some sort of intellectual foundation. And, and naturally, okay. I'm going to be more prone to say that because I think I process reality more cognitively. And that's just mm -hmm. how I'm yep. wired. And I'm okay with the fact that I'm wired mm -hmm. like that. And others are not mm -hmm. wired like that. Like me, I just smile and like look at the clouds. And <laughs> God, it's so pretty. Yeah. Um, but, but I also realize that I, I and others are totally capable of having all of the answers for um, the problem of evil um, but mm -hmm. then, but then, still yeah. struggle with the problem of evil, mm. right? Yeah, I can. Evil I can, happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, right. Yeah. I was even just talking in in a discipleship conversation with some students because we do we meet with students um, and do discipleship. We talk about life, like basically cool. some yeah. of that transparency stuff. But even telling yeah. them, like, yeah, sometimes, man, for me, like, I totally get all the theological points about the afterlife. But there, there's just sometimes where it just seems crazy mm. to me. 
Um, and yeah. no, ma- yeah. no matter how much apologetics and how much I can affirm truth in scripture and quote things, like it's not yeah. going to rescue me from the moments when I'm like, really, do we live after we right. die? Um, right. or like, really <laughs> yeah. this, the, like this thing just started out of nothing. Like yeah. there, there is no matter how much apologetics we have, there's still going to be those existential crises where, right. where the cognitive um, framework is insufficient for our experience. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so can you, so that's you, a long-winded amen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think even just to add there too, um, as someone who's kind of coming around to some of that stuff, is, is just recognizing that, and, and I think you said this, Scott, but it, it's, it's not the only thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we, right. sometimes whether we intend to send that message to students or, um, you know, they can yeah. control that environment. You know, they can control knowing yeah. things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if yeah. and if we allow them to, um, I guess, kind of have this mental ascension that somehow they're going to be mm-hmm. have a relationship with God only because of their their mental affinity, right. um, then right. then it kind of goes right. back to the leaders again. Like we we need to make sure that we're. Um, yeah, Jesus said it's better that I leave you, right? So you can have my spirit. My spirit's going to guide you yeah. and do these things. And yeah, yeah if I have all, all the head knowledge in the world, but I'm not guided by the spirit, then I don't know. I'm sure there's some verses about that somewhere. Huh? Right. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it sounds I, like a verse. I think just to add one more point onto that, I think that um, maybe the reason that we have this tendency is because oftentimes, at least the version of the gospel that I was presented with growing up, um, mm-hmm. the gospel is make sure that you assent to belief X, Y, and Z. Totally. That you yep. say, I affirm cognitively that Jesus rose from the dead, that his blood is the atoning sacrifice yep. for my dirty, dirty yep. sin. Um, yep. And <laughs> that I... Check, I, check. Yeah. <laughs> that I need to <laughs> pray um, and pray and affirm these things cognitively. Mm. And so I think, mm. like, naturally, I think that the apologetics, um, the people who, I guess, deify apologetics yeah, um, and say that this mm-hmm. is this is the end all be all. Maybe it comes down to their their soteriology, their their understanding yeah, of yeah. I'm saved if I believe the right things, yeah. and by belief I mean cognitively yeah. affirm totally. X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so good. it makes sense yeah. that if it's not really about walking with Jesus and living mm-hmm. an experience of life that resonates with the Creator of the universe, then yeah, of course we're going to yeah. say that the most important thing is to have our ducks in a row intellectually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is yeah. there is there anything else that you would um, uh, you would some, maybe some things that you see? Uh, and this this kind of goes into another question as well, but just um, maybe mm-hmm. some of the nuances or, or quirkiness that you see, or um, you know, what, what are some of the things that you see of like when you have your kids coming into the um, like in varsity and whatnot that are coming out of Christian mm-hmm. schools or coming out oh, of yeah. youth groups because um, yeah. they are. And this is, and I'm I'm stoked yeah. to hear your answer because you said you you kind of came <laughs> you came about this in college. So yeah. you might have been yeah. bumping elbows with some of us weird Christian oh, kids. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so that was that's how. That's yeah, so so I guess the question there is: Is there anything else that that we just need to be kind of considering that they're coming yeah. over? And then, yeah, what's that? What what do you see in these kids when they come over? What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a there's a few different types I think that come into the college campus. One is the kid that's just done, yeah. done with this whole thing, had to kind of play the game. This is from their perspective. I played the game, I got through it, but this was all hypocrisy anyways and so i'm going to do my own life now that's mm, yeah. that, i'm 18 I, now I, I, I get to do my own thing yeah right? totally yeah and I, I think i don't know what percentage that is coming out of christian school environment but i think it's it's significant mm. 
And, and particularly because, at least in the youth school world, the, the way we walk into a Christian campus is essentially to say, hey, we're not a part of the administration. Like, we're, we're mm. Christians, but there's no right answer we're in safe. this world. <laughs> yeah, we're safe. Yeah. And so they'll open up after several weeks and say, hey, by the way, like, I don't buy any of this stuff. I don't think any of us do. So that's a big chunk. There's also the one that's like, wow. I've been with the program. I've, um, I believe everything, but my life experience is so shallow. They've been so protected. Right. I haven't done much, so I'm just naive. Hmm. And I think those are the ones that would bump into like the booth and a club fair on a college campus. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm, sp- I'm supposed to look for you guys. Hmm. My Bible teacher like, said if I yes, don't come in the yeah. first four weeks yeah. that I'm going yep. I'm I'm to be a statistic. Yeah. Right? I'm going to be a heathen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, then there's the kid that's like, <laughs> the kid that, and this is the one I always liked. Uh, that's just like ready to rock. Yeah. They were the worship leader. They were the ASB president. Yeah. They're looking for the club. They're just, they're trying to evaluate which one do I get involved in? Is it Crusade? Who is it wants Young me? Is it, right? Which, yeah. Who wants Which one me? of these totally. is going to be blessed with exactly. my, my skills? And I, and I both loved and, and mm. couldn't stand that kid yeah. because oftentimes they'd come in critical about our ministry. I remember there was a kid that came, <laughs> met him as a freshman first day and he had, he told me he had run Saddleback's high school ministry. And he was a com- like a confident, just like a, a total fraternity kind of guy. And I was, you know, just, I was probably 24. And all my ego got triggered. And I'm oh, like, oh, shit. I'm going to show you, right. little whippersnapper. Saddleback. And, <laughs> and I wish, I, I, don't remember, I don't remember the guy's name. If I could find him now, I would just apologize. Because rather than go with him and be with him and let his arrogance and e- his own ego kind of be processed out, I just shut him down and he went off, bounced to another ministry. Hmm. Um, so there's just a bunch of, it's, it's complex. I don't assume anything anymore. Huh. If a kid went to a Christian school, I don't assume anything. Hmm. I don't assume they have a faith with Jesus. I don't assume, um, I also don't assume that they're jaded. Uh, I used to be that. Oh yeah, you went to Christian school, you're probably done with that thing. It's just, people are so complex. And so hmm. I want to hear their That's story. Good. I want to understand where they're at. And then more than anything, I think the biggest lesson I learned was to be unsolicited versus solicited in my ministry. So what was modeled for me was a guy calling me to hang out, hmm. giving, sending me a text message. Hey, do you want to have coffee next week? Hey, do you want to, do you want to come over to my house? It was, ne- he didn't wait for me. I did that eventually a couple of years into that relationship and say, Hey, do you have time? I want to talk to you about this thing with my girlfriend. And, and he's like, yeah, of course. But what he modeled first was to be unsolicited. He didn't wait to be asked. Hmm, okay. And I think That's good. Um, I wish that was true. <laughs> that would make me feel good if I put up the, the, the booth, put up the poster, and all the Christian kids came to my ministry. They don't. And so I want to be the one that models pursuing them and stepping into their world, trying to understand their story. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. That's good. I feel like you've given us, given us a lot of wisdom to chew on here. Wayne has one last question. Oh, this is okay. pretty big. Wait, you're, you're, you're in SoCal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Grew up in Orange County. Ooh. Oh, I think, that, I I think we going, already have bro. the answers. Wow, we're about to have some geographical beef, dude. Um, Dodgers <laughs> or Angels? Okay, well, I mean, my answer since since birth is both because National League, American League, obviously. Hmm. Uh, currently, I mean, I'm I'm excited about. I mean, I'm really into baseball, so awesome. ex- <laughs> I love Mike Trout, Cole Calhoun. I love the outfield of the Angels. The um, is it Shohei Otani? The new guy that they got from Japan. I'm, I'm a Dodgers he, fan, so all right, all right, all right. But, but so, I'm not a hater, so I, I actually okay. Think so cool. yeah, yeah they, they have two okay holes. I'm excited both. about the Angels. I'm I'm hopeful about the Angels, but the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers. 
right. or where it's at. Right. Literally, and they have like seven outfielders that are all all stars. They're incredible. Kershaw, uh, Kenley Jansen, Yasmani, Cody Bellinger. They just got Chase Utley back. They got uh, Matt Kemp. Yeah. Corey Seager, all these guys. I'm, so I'm stoked about the Dodgers. Oh, well, I love when, watching them. If and when we ever do a, a somehow like theology and baseball podcast, sounds, sounds like, <laughs> I don't know Great. why we would. I don't know what's there. But um, hey, um, actually, draw thank you that. for answering that one. I do have a question for you really quick. Uh, just, it's just more of a resource. You mentioned Evernote. Is that an app yeah. that, that's on it's a... It's an app, cool. yeah. So we, maybe we'll put it's that a, on our... It's an app our... for your phone. It could be on your desktop. And it's for me, it's all linked. And, and the part that I like, it's free. You could pay for it, but it's free. The part I like for it is I can type in the notes of a story and then add tags. And so I might awesome. tell this break breakup story from my junior year in high school. Mm. But that might also be best moment because <laughs> yeah. it, it taught me everything. Redemptive moment, embarrassing moment. So cool. I can tag one. Okay, so we're, we're going to put Evernote up on there. Um, we've mentioned cool. we've mentioned Sticky Faith a little bit uh, in your yeah, studies. I like, uh, I, I like Hurt too. That's what I was going to ask you if you read Chap Clark's yeah. book on Hurt. That's, yeah. That one That's blew one my like mind. Um, and then lastly, yeah. uh, um, what book would you suggest to a leader um, who wants hmm. to get um, healthy? You mentioned spiritual formation, Dang. spiritual disciplines. Is there one kind of like, hey, welcome to the world of wow. of, of health? I th- yeah, it's a great question. I th- I, the one that I think is, it's like to your point, it's the welcome to this world would probably be emotionally healthy spirituality. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Church. Awesome. That's like a, that's like. But then if you go into guys like Henry Nowen, yeah, Thomas Merton, excellent. Uh, Richard Rohr, all these other oh, guys. Oh, dude, these are the guys I want to hang out with. And I think most of them are dead or dying. Yeah. Dead. My, um, <laughs> my, my wife is actually leading a women's study through Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, um, and, and she was leading our church kids into the discussions after your talk, and I was like, oh, hey, what did no he talk way. about? And she, she said, well, it's basically just EHS. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that's great. Cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's good great. stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, that's good. And yeah. in addition to those resources, like, how do people get into contact with you? Because yeah, you, you school. Yeah, you are a, yeah. a huge resource for for Christian yeah, schools, thanks. it sounds like, and church ministries. How do people yep. find Scott Schimmel and hire him to do wonderful things for them? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thanks for asking. So the uschool.com, the uschool. The uschool. The uschool.com. We're launching a big uh, digital platform. We've had a website. We have a website. But the big digital platform is to actually allow us to go to a school or school district and take thousands of students through and help them track and process those big questions mm. for their life create a network of mentors um, most of the time i think online education is lame but we're designing it so it's interactive and it. it facilitates face-to-face conversations cool. so we got a whole suite of programs for schools teacher professional development parent workshops a bunch of stuff for students and then we do a ton of speaking and it's not just me there's a lot of people in the school world a lot of our guides we call them are fca staff young life staff youth pastors not all of them but i mean most of them are because they're the ones that care about a campus already they mm. have time and space mm-hmm. we can actually pay them money so they're they're typically a little bit incentivized for that right. um so a lot of our world uh is to come and train and license folks like young life staff to to use our curriculum to local campuses so uschool.com is the easiest place and to that's go. u-y-o-u y-o-u yeah. awesome yep. perfect yeah. thank you Cool. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for being willing to talk yeah. to us and, and share yeah, thanks, guys. all that Fun insight. Conversation. It's uh, pretty amazing. So yeah, we, I hope, we, I hope we can uh, chat with you soon again soon. Yeah, soon again likewise. soon? Did soon I... again soon. Soon again soon. Sounds like the name of a band. Uh, oh, we're in. See what you did. We'll all right. Shalom to you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Take care. Peace. You too.